The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 26th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now your host, Phil Houck. Sure, sure, he can recruit. His family is adorable. The players love him, and he has put together a top-notch staff. In fact, Marcus Freeman has pushed nearly all the right buttons since he ascended to the role of head coach last December. But can he coach? To put a sharper point on it, how will he perform on game day? And can he win the big game? A one-game preview of what he was capable of in the Fiesta Bowl last January didn't end well, so it's a valid question. Can he coach? Brian Kelly left ND last year as its all-time winningest coach. He took the Irish to the college football playoffs three times. He had a solid reputation as a game-day coach. That's not a bad resume. But Kelly couldn't win the big game. Against teams ranked in the top 10, he was an anemic 4-9. and nine. He never won a major bowl game, and in three playoff tries, he was 0-3. Kelly matched up against this week's opponent, Ohio State, once in 2015 and lost 44-28. But make no mistake, Marcus Freeman has inherited a program on rock-solid footing with a culture of winning and a load of talent. This week in the Big Horseshoe, the Buckeyes are flying high with a number two ranking and that gives Marcus Freeman and the number five ranked Irish a chance to scratch a few itches that have plagued Irish fandom for, oh, about the last 35 years. Beat a top opponent in a big game. Those kind of wins have been rare. On the road, they have been virtually non-existent. And what a win that would be. After all, the Irish are 17 and a half point underdogs. So prove it, Marcus Freeman. You've shown that you do a lot of things well, but can you coach? The eyes of the football world are on Columbus, Ohio this week as the Irish kick off season 134. And Marcus Freeman has something to prove. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and refreshing Coors Light. Made to chill. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. 
Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, great to talk to you as we kick off another season of Fighting Irish Preview, season 26 for our show together. 41 years for you covering Notre Dame football. And we both started, of course, we're prodigies. We started when we were in grade school. Now, the last we talked on the radio, of course, we were speculating on the uh, Fiesta Bowl. Lo and behold, the Irish could not quite get it done last January. One one thing that people, a lot of people forget is that Notre Dame was actually a one-point underdog in that game. What did you take from that game, Tim, about Marcus Freeman's ability to, to be a head coach? Was there anything that you took from that game? <laughs> You know, I'm not I'm not sure there was anything specifically from the game that I would point to. But, you know, I mean, I, I think that we have all come to, to understand that he has absolutely taken control of this program. And a lot of people have asked me, especially during this past August, you know, what differences do you see and, you know, how different is it? And, and I although he comes off and certainly is a player's coach, he is. <laughs> He is very demanding of his team. His expectations, the bar is set very high uh, for his expectations for this football team. So, you know, I think I think he's taking command of the team. I think the players understand that he cares, uh, which in certainly in today's game is extremely important. But um, he's in control of this team, and he's going to crack the whip, whip when he has to. And um, that's why this preseason was physical, maybe a little bit more physical than normal. He's a defensive player, a defensive coach, and I think that that's the, the, the attitude and the approach that will continue. Well, and one thing that he did do was uh, he decided he was going to go outside the program to hire a new defensive coordinator after giving up all those points in the Fiesta Bowl. So he hires Al Golden. And let's talk a little bit about the staff that, uh, that Marcus Freeman has put together uh, Al Golden, I think a, a, a good choice from comes over from the NFL, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Three new coaches on offense, running backs, wide receivers. I think those were upgrades. But let's talk about Harry Heastan. He returns as offensive line coach. Why should fans be excited about that? Well, he's produced a, a, a crazy amount of first-round draft choices in a short amount of time when during his previous stint at Notre Dame. Uh, he's very demanding. There's no doubt that he's very demanding. A lot of people are wondering, oh, well, you know, is it since Freeman's a player's coach, is, is he Stan going to be the kinder and gentler offensive line coach? That's just not how he's how he's made. So, uh, you know, pushing the offensive line, uh, guy that has produced some some real talent. And, you know, those guys, you want to talk about a sense of pride being an offensive lineman in Notre Dame, Harry, he stands a big reason why that attitude has been built. Well, you do talk about uh, he's not exactly the kinder and gentler type, and I can attest to that, having spent significant time on the practice field uh, this uh, past month uh, trying to get clips that I could play on my website, fightingirishpreview.com. Of, of Heaston in action, and they, let's just put it this way, they weren't exactly G-rated. He's very hard on his player. He's very detail-oriented, and I think his players feed off of that. They love it. It's perfect uh, for offensive linemen. Now let's talk about some other newcomers on that staff. Tim, anybody in particular that has really impressed you in this uh, fall camp uh, that is a newcomer on the staff? Well, I like, first of all, I like the choice of Al Golden. That's a guy that has experienced a little bit of everything, including a five-year run with the Cincinnati Bengals as linebackers coach. 
um, and, and a Super Bowl appearance. Now, he hasn't been a coordinator in a while, but when you're in the NFL and you're a linebacker's coach, I mean, you're intimately involved in what's going on defensively, previously a head coach. I know that, you know, people look at at uh, his stint at Miami. I think he was 32 and 27, not very impressive, but that was a disastrous situation that he inherited. And I know that, you know, he impressed Jack Swarbrick, uh, Nordheim's vice president and director of athletics, when, when he was looking at head coaching candidates to replace Charlie Weiss, uh, Brian Kelly, I think, quickly emerged as a as a front runner but he was looking at Al Golden too and he got to know Al Golden at that time so it was actually Swarbrick's recommendation to Marcus Freeman to take a look at Al Golden and, and Freeman concurred so I think I think he's a great hire but I you know the other one that jumps out at me is Chancey Stuckey the wide receivers coach a younger coach a guy that's played in the NFL extremely energetic from what I've seen on a practice field very creative in, in the things that he has as his players do he mixes things up, a lot of different drills that maybe you don't normally see. But I, I, I think Chancey Stuckey is a guy. They needed an upgrade there. You mentioned, you know, upgrade. I, I'm not necessarily sure that that significant upgrade a running back. Although Dylan McCullough is a good coach, but I think significant upgrade with with Chancey Stuckey. And you know, they need it because uh, those young offense or those uh, wide receivers are, are mostly inexperienced and they need a guy that can really push them. Well, now I'd like to run through the different positions on the team uh, for the rest of the segment. And we're, we'll, we might as well start with the offense since we're talking about uh, the wide receivers. But let's first start at the, the head of the head of the class, and that's the, the quarterback situation. Tyler Buckner wins the job eight days into camp. That really came as no surprise. Uh, with his uh, competition over Drew Pine. Buckner, a dual-threat guy. He saw quite a bit of action last year. Uh, how many times do you anticipate Buckner now running the ball on planned runs in a game? And talk about his accuracy as a passer. I know that's one of your favorite subjects. Well, I, you know, as a runner, I mean, you can't go into this game being fearful of him getting banged up. I know he got banged up a little bit last year had a major injury from high school days, but you get, you've got to go with what you have. And he's a, he's a great threat running the football. I think he's going to make a significant difference in the red zone because of that ability. As far as accuracy, my whole point was that I know that a lot of members of the media uh, outside of Irish Illustrated were, were talking about what the improvement that they saw. Well, that's, I mean, I just don't think that that's very realistic. I think that that I, uh, from the standpoint, not realistic of actually seeing it. We only saw two full practices. I didn't think he was particularly sharp in, in those games and uh, or in those practices rather. And there was a statement from Tommy Reese in the spring where he, he said he's going to have to be accurate. So I don't know that we're going into this game convinced that, that his accuracy is where it needs to be, but he is the guy. Um, he beat out Drew Pine. He's the guy with the greatest upside. And I think he just needs – uh, you know, some game experience before his accuracy and everything that you want to do in a passing game hits its peak. It's going to take a while. He's going to be a lot better in game 25 as a starter than he is in game one. Uh, but he brings an he brings an awful lot to the plate uh, with his ability to run. And I think that as he gains confidence, uh, you're going to see a, a leader emerge, not a not a real vocal leader per se but a leader of the quarterback position in the offense. Yeah, I'm, th I'm excited to think of the possibilities with Buckner's. When you look at what he did in high school uh, and you crank it up and you get him up to speed in college, uh, he can be a real 
uh, danger threat, uh, uh, two levels, passing the ball and, of course, running the ball. And let's talk about running and running backs and how will the carries be split up. You've got uh, uh, Chris Tyree, who comes into camp uh, in, in looking as if he's in really good shape, better shape of his career. Uh, Logan Diggs, a bit of a surprise because he was injured, but it looks like he's full go. Audric Estime, and that's really the three guys. Uh, how are they going to split those carries? Yeah, that remains to be seen, Phil. I mean, I, I I suspect that Estime being the bigger back, a 230-pounder, is probably the guy that gets the most touches, at least ideally. Uh, Chris Tyree is a bigger, stronger version, but I still think that he's kind of combination, you know, running back slot receiver. Somebody asked us if, you, if we see a, a Dexter Williams emerging. I, I, don't, I don't see it that way. Dexter Williams is more of a, a pure tailback, but you get Tyree touches in different ways. Logan Diggs injured the shoulder at the end of the blue gold game and had a, had a, uh, a, a summer in which he had to recover. I think they feel good about where he is now going into this game. They love Jadarian, a true freshman that came in, uh, in, in the spring in the early semester. Uh, but he, he, he tore a, um, an Achilles. So he'll be out the fourth running back is Jabron Payne, a freshman. I wouldn't think that he's, that much in the mix with those other three. How they split it up, I, I'm, I'm guessing at this point that SMA gets the most carries. Uh, but if Diggs is healthy uh, and they're comfortable with just running him out there, ultimately he probably gets the most actual carries of the football with Tyree getting touches in other ways, including kick returns. Yeah, well, you like the way Tyree can be a home run hitter, and uh, that's exciting. He had the, the big catch for uh, – a big touchdown in the Fiesta Bowl, so he's capable of running the ball and catching the ball. A big area of concern, Tim, wide receiver, Kevin Austin gone. Avery Davis has another tragic ACL tear in camp. Uh, not a position the Irish have recruited particularly well. Who's going to catch the ball? Lorenzo Styles, who was last year's breakout freshman. Braden Lindsey's back, but who else? Well, Michael Mayer, I'm sure you're working your of way course. to talking about Michael Mayer, but he, he would probably be at the top of the list. But as far as the whiteouts are concerned, I think uh, I think Lorenzo Styles ends up getting the most touches through the passing game. Braden Lindsay, another guy that looks bigger and stronger. They really need him to be consistent. The other starter will likely be Jaden Thomas. They'll put him on the boundary. They want a little bit bigger receiver on the field, and Thomas uh, fits that bill. Joe, Wil- Joe Wilkins. Unbelievable. He had Liz Frank foot surgery on April 1st, and he is ready to go, which is almost hard to believe. Now, he's not a big hit. He's not a big home run hitter. It doesn't, doesn't create a lot of separation with his athleticism, so he's kind of a spot player. The young guy that they're really excited about is freshman Tobias Merriweather. He's six foot four. came in, hit the ground running in June, and I think you're going to see him play an integral part in what they're doing in the passing game as well. Okay, the wide receiver position there is talent, but it's a little thin due to the the injuries and uh, failure to recruit uh, a lot of players. Uh, we mentioned the tight end position. Everybody knows Michael Mayer should be an All-American. Uh, 71 catches and seven touchdowns a year ago. Uh, expected to probably be the, the, the first option for Tyler Buckner. Uh, and some good depth behind him. And everybody knows about uh, Michael Mayer. Let's move over to the defensive side. Tim, D-line expected to be the strength of this team. We know about Isaiah Foskey uh, with a shot at Notre Dame's all-time sack record. Who else is going to stand out in this group? Really looking forward to seeing Riley Mills playing the strong side end position. They'll, They'll probably bump him inside in passing situations to get 
both Isaiah Foskey and Justin Adam Alola on the field together. But that's a great one-two punch right there, uh, Foskey and Justin Adam Alola at the Viper end. And then inside, they're talented and deep. Jason Adam Alola, a real quality football player, great effort time and time again. They love Howard Cross. He's going to be on the field a lot. You have Jacob Lacey and Chris Smith. Chris Smith, a Harvard grad transfer. So they're they are deep on the defensive line. If you ask me to name the, the position, the area where they are the best and strongest, I would say the defensive line. Well, and following close behind in more ways than one would be that linebacking core. Bo Bauer, J.D. Bertrand, and Jack Kaiser, uh, tops of the depth chart. Uh, but expect to see Maris Leofile in a lot of action. And we know that Al Golden wanted to develop position flexibility among his group. So we saw in practice uh, those guys interchanging at the, the different positions as linebackers. But let's talk about safeties. And Notre Dame brought in a transfer here, an All-American transfer, Brandon Joseph. What kind of camp has Joseph had? Because I think he's looked very good. Well, he's, he's a ball hawk. I, I wouldn't say he's Kyle Hamilton. He doesn't quite have that length or, or probably not quite that quickness, but this is a quality football player. As a true freshman, I, I'm sorry, as a redshirt freshman in 2020, he had six inter- interceptions in nine games, uh, highlight reel play against Justin Fields in Ohio State in the, uh, in, in the Big Ten championship game. So he's the leader there. They're deep at safety, too. You're going to see a lot of D.J. Brown, Houston Griffith, Ramon Henderson. That's what has allowed them to move Xavier Watts. We were talking about wide receivers. Actually, Xavier Watts is probably more in the mix at wide receiver uh, than somebody like Deion Colsey, a, a, a redshirt freshman. But they're deep there uh, at cornerback Cam Hart. They, uh, uh, they, they really love Jaden Mickey, a true freshman. Clarence Lewis is back. They're saying that he's playing very well. And a real key back there, I think very underrated, Tariq Bracey, who can play nickel, he can play corner. I think defense, top to bottom, this has a chance to be a really outstanding defense in the fifth straight Notre Dame defense to finish among the nation's top 15s. 15 teams in scoring defense well a lot of depth at the safety position uh that's that's kind of a turnaround from years past and yeah joseph's not uh, kyle hamilton but nobody's kyle hamilton and joseph really an impressive player and i like the depth that we're developing at that cornerback position as well and that of course is going to be very important against ohio state and finally tim let's talk about specialists an area of real concern coming out of the spring uh, but it was much better in camp. Talk about who's going to be uh, handling the uh, kickoffs and the field goals and extra points. Yeah, Blake Groupie, Notre Dame got a, a grad transfer from Arkansas State, all five foot seven, 156 pounds of him. He's about a he was he was a four year starter at Arkansas State. Obviously, kicking at Arkansas State or on the road in his conference compared to what he's going to have to deal with at Ohio State's very different, but. He's a kid that uh, he was an 80% field goal kicker at Arkansas State, under 40 yards. Doesn't necessarily have uh, great range, certainly not the range or consistent range of Jonathan Doerr, but he's been, he was very, very good in camp. His confidence is sky high right now. John Sott will handle the punting duties, another uh, transfer student for the Irish. Tim, two quick hits before we wrap this segment up. Uh, how many games will the Irish win this year? At least nine. At least nine, okay. We'll take that. Uh, and the second one is, 
Who is Chris Smith and why should Irish fans know about him? Well, Chris Smith is a stout, strong young man there in the middle of that defensive line. He wears number 65, but his teammates have been calling him 35 because he bench pressed 225 pounds 35 times, which is a pretty remarkable number. Now, he's he's built for the bench press. There's no doubt about it, but he is a guy that's really difficult to move off the football. Look for him, number 65. He will be sprinkling in there with the other talented interior defensive linemen. Chris Smith transferred from Harvard, six one and a half, three hundred and ten pounds in your program. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 369th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. This is Art Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Sharon McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Sharon McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Sharon McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Sheer McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Sheer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Sheer McCulloch. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. All time in games against team ranked number two, Notre Dame is 8-9-2. Their last win against the number two team was in 1990 when they knocked off Miami 29-20. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The Irish open up in the horseshoe. At Ohio State this week, TV coverage on ABC begins at 7.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons. New and previously owned, we share your boating passion. And this year, we will focus on the Fighting Irish quarterback since 1988, the year, of course, of the last national championship. And that is Tony Rice and the guys after Tony Rice. As a senior in high school, Tony Rice was the South Carolina Player of the Year and a Parade All-American. He was the crown jewel in Lou Holtz's first recruiting class, 6'1", 200 pounds, 4.48 time in the 40, 
Holtz envisioned him as the perfect candidate to run his option, ball control offense. Unfortunately, Rice was forced to set out 1986 as a freshman under the old Proposition 48 academic rule. But in the fourth game of the 1987 season, starter Terry Anderjack went down with injury and Rice took over. The Irish won five straight, and the table was set for a perfect run in 1988 with Rice in the quarterback seat. Rice was not a gifted passer, but he did it well enough to complement his running and option skills and outstanding leadership skills. In the 1988 championship season, he threw for 1,176 yards and eight TDs and ran for 700 yards and nine more touchdowns as the Irish rolled to the national title. In 1989, Rice's senior year, he only managed two more touchdown passes, but he ran for another 884 yards and seven touchdowns as the Irish went 12-1 and and knocked off number one Colorado in the Orange Bowl to finish number two in the final polls. Rice set the all-time quarterback records at Notre Dame for yards rushing at 1,912 and touchdowns at 23. With Tony Rice at quarterback, Notre Dame won a school record 23 straight and went 31-4. and Whatever you can come up with to say about Tony Rice, Tim, one thing is for certain, he was a flat-out winner. That he was, and one of my, one of the fav- my favorite players that I've covered in my 41 years, and uh, just an uplifting, optimistic leader. I, you know, that was that was all part of what Lou Holtz saw in him. But the ability to run, he he no, he was not a very good passer. He was about a about a 50 percent passer. But they were so loaded at running back when you add Tony Rice to the equation with those guys. Um, he, he was outstanding. I, I, you know, I, when I say optimistic, a guy that that team and that offense could always turn to and know that he'd be upbeat and would lead them every way possible uh, into the end zone. Yeah, constantly still, it seems, uh, around the program, you seem to see him a lot, and uh, that persona has not changed a bit. Very upbeat fellow. Uh, Rice's option-oriented skill set did not translate into an NFL career, but he managed a three-year career in the CFL and the World League. After that, he settled into a career in the insurance business. Tony Rice, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. Ryan Day is now in his fourth full season leading the Buckeyes. He has an overall record of 34-4. and Last season, State was 11-2 with losses to Oregon and Michigan. In their last action, they outlasted Utah 48-45 in the Rose Bowl. You can sum up Ohio State 21 easily. High-octane offense, hit-or-miss defense. The offense, led by sensational and then just a freshman quarterback, C.J. Stroud, was ranked number one nationally in total and scoring offense. Stroud was dead on accurate as a passer last season, completing 71.9% of his passes, good for 4,435 yards and 44 touchdowns. He threw just six interceptions. Jackson Smith Ijigba returns after hauling in 95 catches, good for 1,606 yards and nine touchdowns a year ago. Joining him as a starter is expected to be former five-star prospects Emika Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr. While the Buckeyes in 2021 were pretty much a pass-first offense, 
They were plenty able to run the football when they wanted. Sophomore running back Travion Henderson is coming off an outstanding freshman campaign that saw him gain 1,248 yards and going in for 15 touchdowns. Henderson is also very capable as a receiver. Defensively last year, the Buckeyes were a little schizophrenic, 59th nationally in total defense and 96th in stopping drives on third down. They ranked highly in making big plays, sacks, and forcing turnovers. In order to improve his defense, Ryan Day brought in a defensive coordinator Irish fans may be familiar with. Jim Knowles, who last year was at Fiesta Bowl opponent Oklahoma State, takes over the Buckeye defense this season. At Knowles' disposal will be linebacker Tommy Eichenberg, who racked up 17 tackles in the Rose Bowl and was second overall in tackles on the team, and two veteran corners in Cameron Brown and Denzel Burke. The Buckeye place-kicking game is worth mentioning because senior Noah Ruggles is a stud. He was a perfect 74 of 74 on extra point attempts and 20 of 21 on his field goals. Losses to Oregon and Michigan last year are an indication that despite the high-flying offensive numbers, Ohio State was vulnerable against teams capable of scoring points. That is why Jim Knowles was brought in. So, Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Uh, Notre Dame absolutely wants to run the football in this game. Uh, Ohio State was vulnerable at times last year against Oregon, Michigan in particular, so they want to run it. Unfortunately, Jared Patterson is uh, not going to be a 100% for this game. But I'll throw out a stat here, Phil, that uh, Notre Dame needs to take advantage of. Last year, Notre Dame was uh, defensively, they were fourth in the country in defensive red zone touchdown percentage. Ohio State's defense was 124. So when Notre Dame gets in the red zone, they've got to take advantage of that. Uh, and it's probably going to be done on the ground led by Tyler Buckner, a quarterback. All right. I'm going to say the key is the game will be run the football and execute those runs in the red zone. And that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? You could say the quarterback every game, but since this is his first game as a starter, I am going with Tyler Buckner. You know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him in front of 105,000 people. But I think he's a kid that has uh, his confidence has grown since he was named the starting quarterback exactly three weeks before the start of the season against Ohio State. It's got to be him. Uh, he has to play well. Uh, incompletions are okay. Interceptions is what uh, are what he has to avoid. Uh, it, better to punt the ball, obviously, than to than to force something. And in that environment, a young quarterback's apt to do that. So he's got to be on top of his game. Uh, but mainly, don't make the critical mistake that costs Notre Dame. Tyler Buckner, stay away from the interceptions and big mistakes. And Tyler Buckner, you are the Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report. Brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 22 Indiana locations. Tim, where do the Irish stand health-wise going into week one? Pretty good, Phil. I, you know, I mentioned Jared Patterson. I, I, he may try to give it a go, but I really don't think it's going to work this weekend for Jared Patterson at left guard, which is concerning because I'm talking about running the football and he's their best and most uh, accomplished interior Offensive lineman Logan Diggs, uh, you know, we mentioned him. He should be ready to go with his shoulder. A little bit of a concern with cornerback Cam Hart and his hamstring. It's something that has 
bothered him in the past. And when you're dealing with Jackson and uh, Smith and Jigba, you don't want your best longest corner to be banged up. So we'll see about that. But Marcus Freeman said Deion Colsey, who had a, uh, a a knee injury, a PCL injury, is ready to go. So I mean, other than Patterson, I think all those guys will be ready to roll. And uh, Patterson may give it a go, but uh, don't bet on it. Uh, and, of course, the loss of Avery Davis. Uh, we almost uh, unfortunately forget about that, but elected a captain nonetheless. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by a brand-new sponsor, SES Environmental. Need help navigating environmental risk and with regulatory compliance? You need SES. Look them up at sesadvantage.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says the Irish by seven. <laughs> no, Vegas says the Buckeyes by 17 and a half points. That was wishful thinking. What does America's foremost authority say? I think a little bit lower scoring game than, than maybe some are anticipating. I think Notre Dame's defense will do a respectable job against uh, against C.J. Stroud and that powerful offense. You know, they faced two really good defenses last year. Penn State and Michigan were in the top 10 in scoring defense. Ohio State scored 33 against Penn State and 27 against Michigan. I think Notre Dame is a comparable defense. So if you can hold them to 31, that's a pretty good day's work. It's that offense. Then it's up to, that's why we said uh, uh, Tyler Butner, and the running game and that young receiving core. I think Notre Dame hangs in this game. I think they've narrowed the gap between themselves and Ohio State, but I'm not prepared to say that Notre Dame's going to go into that situation and come out with a win. I have Ohio State 31, Notre Dame 24. 31 to 24 in favor of Ohio State. That is Tim Preacher's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Tim, I've been so impressed by how focused Notre Dame has seemed to have been ever since the first practice in early August. And a lot is riding on the arms and legs of Tyler Buckner. If he plays well, anything can happen. With strength in the trenches on both sides of the ball, I think Notre Dame can stay with Ohio State. But it's hard to imagine them overcoming uh, the weapons, depth, and experience of Ohio State. Not to mention that 105,000 fan home field advantage. I'm picking Ohio State, Tim, 35, Notre Dame, 24. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media.